That's what's up. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 191 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, uh, it's me, Morgan Richards. And Sean, we can forget about the things you said when you were drunk. I know you didn't mean to call me that. This week's guest... <laughs> uh, I'm not even fucking... I'm not even going to answer it. <laughs> this week's guest are AJ and Jeremy Popoff from the legendary band Lit. Yes, the pop-off brothers, late 90s poster boys, party experts, and the geniuses behind some of pop-punk's most influential hooks, riffs, and good time feels. Lit have left their mark on modern pop culture with artists like Post Malone, Kelly Clarkson, Machine Gun Kelly, and most of your favorite bands covering their music at some point. And in this conversation... We celebrate their return with new album Tastes Like Gold while diving into a catalogue of insane rock and roll stories. I'm really happy we got to do this. A Place in the Sun is such an album full of memories for me and it's hard to escape lit success over the years, Sean. Yes, fantastic band. They can write the fucking ditty. I'll give them that. Legends within the scene larger than life characters and yeah this was really fun it was good to hear all the stories and all the goings on with lit of what's been going what's about to go on talks of steven tyler recording naked uh but yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I won't spoil it now but uh yeah this is a very very good chat we are very very grateful to aj and jeremy for giving us their time we had an absolutely great morning talking to them while they were over here in the uk Yes, they recorded this when they were touring with Bowling for Soup, and we get into everything from their evolution with Ing music and growing up, to some very early tours with No Doubt, The Black IPs, and Kid Rock, how terms like lit and pop-off are used now as slang, early 2000s pop culture and getting to experience being on MTV, and we even go behind the legacy of their international mega-hit, my own worst enemy. Possibly one of the greatest riffs ever for me. This is a treat. 
And just a reminder that this episode is brought to you via our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. If you want to support the podcast, what we do, please join the community at patreon.com forward slash sapnin. But without any further ado, Sean, this is the legends that are AJ and Jeremy Popoff of Lit on episode 191 of Sapnin Podcast. Yes, this shit is bussing, yo. Jeez! I heard some young children say that the other day, so um, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's what they're doing now. Really? Sapnin! Sapnin! Cheese. It's like cheese, I think, but with a Z and more E's, though. Cheese. I don't know. Sapnin! 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 Yes! This week's guest, AJ and Jeremy of The Family Pop-Off, and I am sad to you that today you are talking to us live from Grimsby. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, we haven't seen it yet, so we're going to... We need to venture out. You're probably in the best room in Grimsby at the moment, so... I'd stay there if I was you, but yeah, how's things? Things are good, man. We're we're stoked to be over here touring right now, man. Just yeah, we started playing shows, you know, back in the states, and we're here. We are. It's been a long time. Missed it over here. Yeah, I can imagine. But what a way to return to the UK as well on this massive tour with Bowling for Soup. It seems that the shows so far have been great. What's it being like getting back to the other side of the pond and, and interacting so close to the fans again? It's been, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Last night we were in uh, Glasgow. You know, the first show was a little rough because everyone had just flown in and sound check was a little weird. It was a lot of technical issues. So we had to kind of get the, get the rough one out of the way. And then last night it felt like we, you know, it didn't feel like show two. It felt like show 10. Everybody was, all the bands were on point and everyone was having a great time and met some great bands. You know, it's always, oh, yeah. it's always amazing to meet somebody who, was was impacted by your music years and years ago and you and you know you became a part of their life and and you know some people were like man i didn't know if i was ever going to get to meet you or if i was ever going to get to talk to you and it's really cool I mean, that kind of shit means a lot to us you know but surely surely everyone you meet has been somehow influenced <laughs> or um is inspired by uh you guys so yeah that must be everybody you meet Nah, oh, but thanks, man. That's I just think it, it's cool too. We've been meeting a lot of like these younger generation. These when the first time he came over, weren't even born yet. So it's so cool to see like this next generation of um, fans of our kind of music. And it's just man, it's it's this cool resurgence thing that's happening, and we've been noticing it, feeling it. It's, it's killer, man. These crowds have been just off the hook, man. Both nights. With that, I've noticed. Obviously, like on this tour, you're hitting a lot of different places over here in the uk not just the main cities like london manchester birmingham but like really towns like grimsby and bournemouth that don't really get major gigs and probably missed out on seeing you guys live over the years so i'm sure when you get to see those fans and they're actually seeing you for the first time that it means a little bit more to them as well yeah you can feel that for sure when we're talking to people it is interesting out here though how people will comment on our social media and they'll 
you know, we're playing here and they're like, when are you coming here? And it's like, <laughs> 30 minutes away you know, like, <laughs> from, from Tennessee. Um, it is, and then I realized, you know, it's not as easy to get around. I mean, 30 miles out here could, could take you a little while. So, but it's just funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess people do that in the States too. You're playing Oklahoma city and they're like, when are you coming to little rock, Arkansas? You're like, come <laughs> on, man. Just meet us in the middle. No, no, you are you are right. The British are much, much worse and lazier when it comes to traveling to meet bands. A lot of bands get come to Newcastle a lot. Do you do you guys see that on social media? Or well, come to Brazil. Come to Brazil is the other good one as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no matter where we are, there's somewhere else that we should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get loads of people being upset that you're not playing the, on their doorstep. Yeah, it's just it's a uh, it's easier to stumble home after the show. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> some people still are. Some people from the bigger cities are traveling to the small towns to see these shows, which is in a coin for a change, you know, for these locals. Well, we're glad you're here with us today, so thank you for that. But um, as you mentioned there, like you've really seen a resurgence in the band's popularity over recent years. I mean, obviously, the influence you guys have given on modern-day pop-punk and alternative scene is, speaks for itself. But, like, is it weird for you to see, like, especially with the inventions of, like, other social media platforms like TikTok, people just really picking up the band even more, discovering maybe some of the stories behind the songs that they hadn't realized, and just all the bands as well, just crediting you for, for a lot of their influences over the years? It's crazy, man. It's this whole new world of TikTok and, uh, and social media is, like, it was so strange to us. We're kind of starting to adapt to it and get it and have fun with it. But it's like, at first we were like, fuck this, man. I don't deal with it. But it's, it's actually opened up a lot of cool, like d- discovery and just perception of this next generation, what they're into, you know, and how they like to find their new music and how they like to share it with each other. It's fucking crazy. But, but yeah, but it's cool to see bands like, you know, like Machine Gun Kelly's and Mod Sun and all these new alternative pop punk sort of, um, renditions where they take, you know, how, how bands like lit may have influenced them, you know, in the late nineties, two thousands, um, and then flip it, put a little bit of a modern thing on it, their own flavor. And it's just cool to see the evolution of our, you know, genre. Well, you guys were really one of the staple bands from that kind of nineties, like soul cow power pop kind of scene. And then obviously it evolved into what it is today, but like, how would you really describe the evolution of lit, the seeing and everything you've just kind of been through over the years? Because the journey for your band alone is quite phenomenal. And obviously you've gone off to do other projects and stuff. I'm sure that when you have a chance to sit down and kind of look back and everything, it's just been a wild ride. It has been. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we've been very fortunate that our fans, the longtime fans that we've had have been very, a cool in allowing us to kind of go off the beaten path here and there and explore different things. And, and we're not a band that puts out a record every year and stays the same. Like it, we we're always kind of in these different cycles and stuff. And this, the new record that comes out uh, June 17th is, is full circle. It, it's like we, we kind of veered off different, tried different things, but we came back to the original vibe of uh, a place in the sun and atomic and, but with a fresh, you know, kind of modern approach to the production, but the, the energy of it, the songwriting behind it, we, we really purposely set out to, uh, to get back to that place that we were in and, 
make lit what lit people expect lit to be and what we, you know, what we kind of want it to be again. So it's been good. Mm. And yeah. it's really cool watching the crowd react so great to the new, the new songs. And it's, yeah. it feels like, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, however long it's been when we would be out on the road and a song like miserable and we would play that live. And the reaction of the crowd was so great that it ended up becoming our third single. It was never, it was never meant to be a single. It wasn't on the sticker on the album. <laughs> it wasn't talked about in the press release, but based on the way the fans reacted to that song, it became a single. We got Pamela Anderson. The rest is history. It was a huge hit for it. But, um, it, 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 it so it's cool. Cause that's how a lot of times it's going to work. I mean, I guess same with TikTok or anything else, but, Really, at the end of the day, the fans pick what they want to hear, right? You mentioned Taste Like Gold is out. How was the recording process for you guys? Did you have to do it um, separately, or was it like uh, you guys all got together and recorded it? We got to do most of it together, which was cool, you know, because, you know, traveling has opened up, obviously, a lot more, almost 100%. We did a little bit of that. Uh, We tracked a couple things. Um, we, We tracked all our stuff in Tennessee and Nashville, and uh, we had Adrian from No Doubt play drums. Oh, nice! Wow. On a song, yeah. So one of one of the tracks, actually, it's the next single, I believe, that uh, is Adrian Young on drums. So that was cool. And he was able to just sort of we sent him the stems, and he did his thing. And how a lot of records are made these days. Kevin tracked a couple of his bass parts out there, but it was we did have a studio in Nashville that we got to you know get together, and just hey, have that vibe, that old school way of making records, and that that ad that you get on tape or on you know. <laughs> nice though with the technology today obviously we can you know i can call up our you know co-producer and say hey bring the rig over i want to i want to replay this guitar solo or have an idea of a thing i want to lay down real quick and he just come over with his laptop and his little box and we have a mic and we set the amp up in the closet just you know and we do it at the house you know the the dogs are running by and you know we're getting drinks out of the fridge it really it, it's 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 neat to be able to do that because it's pretty seamless so we uh, go into a big fancy studio do most of the work and then kind of dot the i across the t's and and at our houses which is great well you've mentioned really that with this new record that you wanted to capture that kind of classic lit sound and vibe but add a lot more modern production on top of it, you've already said that, obviously, you've been through so many changes and tried new things over the band's career. But looking back now, what would you say is the elements that make Lit Lit and the band that people remember? Is there anything you've learned over the years that works more than, than others or just like a, a certain formula or anything like that? Man, I don't know. I think it's just a combination of, of you know, riffs and melody and lyrical content you know, we we've always been really uh, we've taken time and really sometimes overthink our lyrics but we kind of got back to the place where we just didn't overthink so much and just just got tried to try to talk about shit that just everyone can relate to we don't like to get too deep we don't get too political or uh, we do we poetic. do on the bus so we do in real life on the uh, internet <laughs> if you want to get really you know deep into it we could talk after a show but for the three and a half minutes of a song, we like to keep keep it simple and keep it um, easy to digest. And just yeah. we've never we we said this years ago, and it still applies. But we've never been like a headphones band 
or a band that, you know, you put on your ghetto blaster and crank it up at a party and have drinks with your friends and, and just have it be part of the soundtrack, you know, um, or it's not going to be some one-on-one experience with your headphones on and, you know, laying in a dark room that we don't make music for that. Um, But the other difference I think that sort of makes lit gives us our sound, if you will, is, um, over the years, our, our influences, the music that we grew up loving is just, it's all over the place. So everything from like metal to pop to, you know, you name it country out, like it's all in our heads, you know? And like when we're coming up with melodies or, or, um, you know, concepts or just the feel of our songs kind of reflects that we have some songs that, you know, you might hear something that reminds you of like an Iron Maiden you know, riff or hook um, on guitar or whatever. It's just, it's just kind of all in there. And I'm supposed to grow up just listening to punk rock or, you know, it's, we've not, we've never been. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to know is um, how much different do you find making and putting out a record now compared to like the first record? Completely different. It is a completely different game. It's, it's in a way it's uh in a weird way, it's almost more like what we would have wanted it to be back in the day. Like it's nice to be able to put multiple songs out before the album comes out, uh, to test, test songs. And, uh, you know, the, the sad part is that attention span is so short these days, not only from just, I mean, we're all guilty of it, but, um, we're in a swipe culture, you know, and it's just next, next, but it's a little bit backwards. You know, we used to put the record out and a single out at the exact same time and you roll the dice and you just hope that the stars align, you know? And now like realistically the record's not out yet. I mean, the artwork's done, but if we had to, we could go in and change something real quick because it's going to come out digitally. Right. I mean, we'll put vinyl and CDs out too, but um, there's pros and cons, but it is a new frontier. Like we, we, you know, we, <laughs> used to be we had to like catch lightning in a bottle you know and it, just hope that it you get a hit or just people hear your music now it's like algorithm you know you hope you catch an algorithm wave and it and people get to hear it that way um it really is a little a timing thing i think a lot of it <laughs> well one thing we wanted to um bring up me and sean were having a conversation before um you guys came on and just saying really how do you guys feel about the kind of modern generation of kids using your band title um, as slang for things that are good? <laughs> it's interesting because, in a way, that was the reason that, I mean, that's why we named our band that. It's it us, meant the yeah. same thing to us 25 years ago as it means to kids today. We used to have to explain what it meant to people like, well, why the name Lit? What does that mean? You know, and and then when people started using it in the way that we used to kind of describe it, at first it was a little weird. We we're like, ah, that, you know, yeah. Now it's hard to get your uh, get the band to rise to the top in Google or or like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. This other shit going on, <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, it's it, it is cool that it means that same thing to us. And well, at the time, it was more about like you're lit, you're like high or whatever. You yeah. know, like it's like that's fucking fire. It's fucking badass. You know, the other thing too, the other word that people started using a few years ago was pop off. Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, pop off tonight. We're like, Hey, you can't use all <laughs> shit. We're moving ownership of our <clears throat> entire existence here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Imagine if you, yeah. I'd like to think that lit is um, secretly uh, hip hop's favorite band. And that's where they've got all these new tunes from. And that's where they just do it now. That's genius. Be nice to think that way. 
Yeah, I saw uh, I saw an Instagram comment on one of your recent posts where someone put uh, lit was lit before lit was lit. Uh, if, <laughs> if that even makes sense. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> well, you mentioned um, working with uh, No Doubt um, on this new record, and really, they were a band you guys got to tour with quite a lot. I know there was one tour in particular where it was lit, No Doubt, Black Eyed Peas, and just thinking about that now is in- incredible. And you've been on the road to so many iconic bands and kind of this scene. Can you just take us back to, to those days when so many of like the big acts all come out at the same time. We just hit on the road together. Cause I'm sure that it was just an insane time for you guys. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <clears throat> the no doubt tour, especially because we, it was a long one. It was like four months and we were in the middle of a headlining tour and we had to cancel half of our headlining tour to jump on that one. But we knew that that was going to cap our year off. We had been on the road for a year and a half straight at that time. So that was a nice cap to that a place in the sun campaign. You know, it was a two year cycle and that that's how we ended it out with no doubt doing amphitheaters and arenas and just a huge production. It was, it was a lot of fun and they're just great. We're all, we're all from Anaheim. So yeah. um, we weren't friends growing up, even though we went to a couple of the same high schools, but we, um, we just had so many, you know, we became family on that tour. It was places in common, restaurants that we liked to eat at when we were kids and just yeah. little stuff like that. We bonded over just the, 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 where we were all from. And yeah, that was a crazy time, man. We, we I look back sometimes and I don't think we realized then how massive it was and just how crazy it was. You know, we were just like, <laughs> Kevin's back there. Fucking just making noise or something. I don't know. <laughs> those hangers. <laughs> so what um yeah so diving into that what are some of lit and no doubt's joint favorite eateries what are your, some of your favorite restaurants in anaheim <laughs> mexicasa oh, yeah. mexicasa is a 
hole in the wall, greasy spoon Mexican food place that um, cheap margaritas and uh, everything's cheap. You go yeah. in there and have a full band dinner and a meeting and a couple of margaritas and your tab is like 28 bucks. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> but what, but what are some of um, Let's favorite tours over the years? Yeah, they were all great and they're like for different reasons. I think uh, getting to come over and do Europe with Offspring was was a highlight, you know, just getting those guys such great dudes to hang with and tour with. We're still great friends today. But yeah, that one for me, it was it was like the first time we really got to explore um, Europe and get overseas and do it right. But yeah, shit. Warp Tour was was boot camp, you know, it was like <clears throat> really getting and, and, you know, learning to make do with what you got for the day and sometimes not get to shower or um, just never knowing what time you're going to go on stage. You got to always be ready to go. So that was cool. That was a um, curve for us. <laughs> I think that Kid Rock tour that we did was, um, was our first, like, I mean, when we toured with, with uh, all the bands that we toured with had like security and had stayed in nice hotels and had more than one bus. And so it was, it was big time. But then you've got to other level, at, like when we did with the Kid Rock tour, it was another level of now there was like celebrities coming to the concerts and Hell's Angels coming to the concerts and private private jets going around places and Pamela Anderson hanging out. I mean, it was, that was almost like uh, like a big time. We were just like, whoa, what is this world? You know, yeah. Eminem is pulling in in a, a van into the arena to come watch the show. And it was just, you know, it was, you know, it was bananas. Well, it, it does seem that kind of looking back at that time period, and especially kind of music videos and live footage, that you guys especially were enjoying that kind of party lifestyle that came with the band. Was that kind of just uh, how things were back then, or was it kind of more of the the show to kind of um, promote everything? <laughs> I say this, and he's bringing up a bottle of Jaeger. So. <laughs> It was just, I think it's just kind of how we have always been as, as friends, brothers, and, you know, coming up, there were a lot of years that we put in before we ever got a shot. You know what I mean? We, it took us 10 years to get a record deal. And even that was an indie deal. So we, it was just kind of what we did was a party and it's, that's what kept us together. I think that's what still does today is just, we have that, that bond that is, um, it's not just on stage. It continues as we you know, get on the bus or get home. And, and, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's just an energy that we've always, you know, wanted around us. <clears throat> Do you remember the point then when, um, you were like, Oh boys, I think we're, I think this is, this is it. We're going to make it. Like, I think, I think we're on the path here. Do you remember that moment? Or do you remember a show where you were like, Oh, we're actually a big band. Dude, it happens quick too, man. It takes a long time to get there. And then you just realize, fuck it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it, it was, you know, my own worst enemy came out prematurely. A radio station in, in America, two radio stations actually got a hold of it before they were supposed to play it. They started playing it. Other stations started playing it and it was catching on like wildfire. And so then we had to go out and, and be available to be on interviews and, you know, and tour. So our whole schedule got moved up a couple of months and it was just like every week we would get statistics back you know and it was like it just was exploding and then you know bigger tours were being offered and we got offered woodstock and then we got offered to come here and do you know reading and leads and 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 that was amazing just like and then all of a sudden you're looking at your calendar and your life is mapped out for you nine months from now and that's like 
That's like when they say, be careful what you wish for, you know, because that's when you realize like, oh shit, like, it this was is great, but it caused, it caused some anxiety. It was a lot of pressure, but it was, I mean, yeah. And then another pinnacle moment, really, I think when you find, when I look around, you're like, holy shit, we made it was, I think just getting invited to MTV things, um, having a video of a film clip on, on TV, on MTV. And then all of a sudden you're there at one of their spring break parties, you know, and you're like, all these VJs and these people that are around these celebrities and other massive artists, you're like, wow, we're, those are our peers now. Like are we, we're hanging out with, you know, Cisco and Eminem and you know, all these <laughs> Mandy Moore. Well, it was, it was also surreal too, to be on shows like 120 minutes and TRL and spring break MTV beach, whatever. And these are shows that we used to watch mm-hmm. A year before that you know we would have we would have watching it going oh man that looks that looks like fun and here we are on it looking look now we're looking into the camera and we were the guys too that we we weren't too cool to go fuck this is crazy yeah. you know matt pinfield we're big fans of you and he's like oh well hey you know well then to come over yeah and then we came over did like he said uh when we did reading festival and leads then we ended up doing like big, uh, top of the pops tv out you know in the yes. and and big breakfast and hey, hey, it's Saturday when that was if still a thing. And and to be to get to see British television and how things were done, it was just like, this is like the movies. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, Big Breakfast. Big Breakfast was one of my favorite shows of all time. Like I used to wake up every morning and watch that before <laughs> school. And yeah, it's mad that you got to play that. And like Top of the Pops was like a British institution for music, which is sadly no more. But we did uh, the show that we were on was was lit red hot chili peppers and the dixie chicks and wow. taken, uh, small NC- one then small yeah. one yeah. stages were across from each other and we it's had wild. four bands i tried <laughs> i tried to flirt with the violin player dixie chicks and she was not having it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought you were going to say the bassist for red hot chili peppers and i was like yeah i don't, I don't know if he's that. into that yeah yeah please not for that but like all those things you just mentioned were such kind of iconic pillars and shows and just things at that time that people were gravitating towards and obviously you guys were fans of that got escalated to to go on there but i think as well you became the faces for a lot of those things where bands for the generation after saw uh, to get inspired by so yeah it must be just a whirlwind of emotions of during that time especially yeah dude we were i mean feel very very fortunate very lucky to have had that like moment happened like that. And yeah, a lot of the shows and a lot of those experiences are, aren't around anymore. So it is cool to reflect on those. And hopefully a lot of those start coming back again. People try and recreate what was so cool about the you know early 2000s. Yeah. We're definitely missing a breakfast show, like big breakfast, I believe. <laughs> and, and yeah, we don't really have like a music show, I guess anymore. I think they still do top of the pops, like Christmas time as like a, it's not the a, like same. A, thro- a throwback, but it's not, the, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, coming up was the what was the strangest like celeb first celebrity kind of meeting you had? Do you remember that? Do you remember when you were like, "What the fuck?" I'm talking to whoever it was. There, there was a couple of them. I think my Steven Tyler was one big one. We met him a couple of times. It, it, it sounds funny, but well, we met him in Vegas the first time. We were there for the Billboard Awards, and AJ ran into him in the casino and he complimented him complimented our band and he thought he was going to say something about my worst enemy but he met he sang the chorus of miserable in the middle of the casino yeah i was Which, i was afraid to walk wow. up to him and 
Jeremy was like, dude, just go, just go say hi. And he had like an entourage with him, you know, and I just went up and I was like, Mr. Tyler, I got to introduce myself. And I told him who I was. He's like, yeah, he just looked at me, he started singing. He's like, wait, lit. He's like, uh, sing miserable to me. Like, right. And I was like, fucking almost half out. And he like, ended up uh, singing, singing vocals on a song called over my head. Yeah. If you listen to that song, you can hear him. He's doing the high harmony in the chorus and it's unmistakably him. Like natural and just fluke than that. Even. He was like, friends. We were cutting vocals in Boston that day on a day off and Glenn Ballard was producing it. And Glenn Ballard and Tyler are old buddies. And so they were out running around. We were, we were, it was our day off and we didn't have very many days off back then. And we were in Boston and there's stuff you can do out there, you know, and we we're waiting and waiting. Glenn was supposed to be there at like two o'clock and three o'clock rolls around four o'clock rolls around. We're like, man, fuck this. We're getting hungry. This is bullshit. You know, and then all of a sudden the door Glenn and you and Tyler and we're like, what? And the cool thing too, is he came in and we were starving at that point. He came in like, Oh, you guys want to get some food. So we ended up sitting at this dinner table with Glenn Ballard and Steven Tyler. And we're just eating, I think it was Chinese food or something that night, but we're just, and while we're eating dinner, uh, Steven Tyler gets up to go to the bathroom and while he's in the bathroom, I asked, I asked Glenn, I'm like, is it, would it be out of line or disrespectful to ask him to sing a, a harmony on our song? He's like, man, just, all I can say is no, like, might as well ask him. So he came back and we, we hit him up and he goes, let's go listen to it. What do you want me to do? So we put it on the ghetto blaster and we're listening. He's like, yeah, yeah. like singing along with it. He's like, okay, man, let's do it. Oh, wow. I love, I love, I absolutely love hearing stories like that. It's absolutely incredible. But you obviously mentioning my own worst enemy, that song, I think it's very unique when a song escalates to become larger than life and it's entirely its own thing. And my own worst enemy is definitely something that fits that criteria because I think, you know, the riff and the chorus al- alone has been established to one of the most popular and catchy uh, and, and this side of alternative music people have heard, but kind of like that alone has probably had so many uh, fond memories for you. But after all this time, like, what would you really say the legacy of that song really is? Oh man. It's, I, it's just so many people relate to it. I think it's just so simple. And um, I think people associate it with whether it's a, kid today or or you remember it from when you were a kid you know back in the day it it it's a, it usually a song that kicks the party into the next gear or if you're watching a band a cover band play at a bar that's the moment where the crowd really starts to you know or in a karaoke bar whatever it is i think people hear it and they associate it with having a good time but, you know, a, but when, yeah when, when that song came out it was just a great time in the world for not only music but just i think in general politics were pretty pretty light you know, everyone just living, I think, pretty good lives and, and, and remember that party and that, that light feeling they had. So, yeah, it kind of it's, it takes you back. And if it doesn't mm. take you back and it's the first time you ever heard it, it's a drinking song. And, you know, who doesn't like to have a good time and sometimes too much fun and you wake up kind of like, oh, fuck, what I do, what I say. Where, uh, and now people are seeing it on their friends' videos, their stories on social media, like, oh, man, I can't believe what an ass I was. How many times have you uh, seen a band covering it? Have you ever just walked into a venue and a band's been playing it or all the time? It's crazy. <laughs> especially, especially in, I mean, people send us clips from all over the world every, every day. There's always Instagram DMS or text messages or whatever, just a bit clip of a band. I got one this morning of a band in Nashville, but we live in Nashville. So 
um, if we go out, usually it's when people are in town, which actually almost makes it seem like we planned it, but <laughs> we don't, we don't really hang out on the Broadway bars, um, unless we're like showing people around and entertaining, but inevitably any bar we walk into with, if we're there longer than two hours, you're going to hear him play it. I've had guys in, in those cover bands tell me before they're like, dude, that's just one of those ones that's in every set. We just do it. It's, it's like, it's in there with don't stop believing and, and, uh, well, Chris I, you know, whatever, but uh, <laughs> yeah. all over. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's, it took a while to get used to because when someone would first, a band would first play it and we'd be there hanging out, we would think that they were doing it because we were there. Then we realized they don't even know who the fuck we are. They don't recognize us. <laughs> Sometimes they do, but most of the time it's just... It, it must be quite interesting to see the kind of reach a song like that has had with kind of covers because everyone's done a version of it from Post Malone on Instagram to Kelly Clarkson. So I'm sure just like... It's, it's weird to see that it's reached so many people in the industry as well. Yeah. That's still, that, that's still shocking to me when I see something like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Kelly Clarkson singing it? Yeah, she, and she killed it. And Post is badass too. So that was, uh, you know, that made my year when he did that. Well, and, you know, Post Malone said recently that it was Rock Band, the video game that made him want to play music. And, you know, we were just super lucky to have a song in that video game. And because at the time, you know, alternative music, rock music, whatever, there wasn't a lot of guitars going on. There were, you know, that mid early, mid 2000s alternative rock kind of got a little bit weird. And mm. oh, I was concerned, you know, I had a I had a three, four year old son and I was like, man, who's going to inspire him other than me? You know, he's not, there's who, who, which poster is he going to put on his wall? Is it going to be a guy with a laptop, you know, or is he going to want a Les Paul for Christmas ever, you know? And, uh, and then that video game came out and we were like, all right, here we go. And then sure enough, now you got these Post Malone biggest, you know, superstar on the planet. And he was inspired by the game, which I shouldn't say he was inspired by the video game, but that's what led him to songs like My Worst Enemy or Radiohead or, a crazy train or whatever right so cool yeah and with all that as well you recently have done like a me podcast series where you're talking about the song but just all these kind of stories that are behind it as well and this seems that like not only uh, in kind of music has it led you to so many things but there's so many stories kind of behind it from uh, aj you recording the vocals completely naked to just kind of mad experiences so uh, what? 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 <laughs> I, I didn't know that. What? Uh, did that help? Did being naked help? <laughs> I always, I, I don't really like recording studios. So it's like, for me, as it was just a, a little bit of Jaeger. I just, anything to make it feel like, you know, take away the sterile environment. So anything to, to you know, dirty it up, mess it up. We, we used to draw crazy, like, like stick figured porn and weird shit. And, balls and like, so we were always just, to, you know, being weirdos, and and that day I was just like, man, I I need to do something crazy, and I'm like, fuck it. I took my clothes off. I remember I ran around the studio. There was like, you know, nowadays I can probably put in jail, but because uh, there's like a receptionist in the front, you know. Like I'm just like, fuck it. Went back and every hour we recorded it and filmed it. It's on like our TikTok, so <laughs> blurred out. It's not X-rated. 
<laughs> yeah, did you, did you think um, being uh, non-clothed helped with the vocal at all? Yeah, who knows, man? You never know. Might have been some kind of juju that, that took place that way. I don't know. I'm going to try it for my next one. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> and, and Jeremy, do you kind of remember the first time like playing around with that riff? Because I'm sure you've heard so many different versions of it over the years. The riff that I play today and that's on the, the original, you know, on the record is, is the way I wrote it. It came out. It's interesting too. It's 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 two notes and it's pretty simple. I still hear guitar players cover it that that play it different. And I'm always like, <laughs> what what are, you, what are we missing here? Like what? It's like counting to two. But, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. It's one of those. You know, it's one of those. I think one of the reasons that we we're, we're such a riff oriented band is because I was self-taught guitar player and i couldn't get through an entire song um which is one of the reasons i started writing my own songs is so that i could write something that i could get from beginning to end on because i couldn't do that you know on a judas priest song or an iron maiden song but i would learn that intro riff and so that was kind of like what, what you know my whole school of guitar that i taught myself was to play opening riffs and so i think that's what led to just being riffy as opposed to just coming out of the gate with a vocal or something it's a classic rock approach to i mean it's a, the songs that we grew up on you know that had that you know and solo you can sing along that with melodies that go with just you know it, it's it, it it really it's what's best for the for the song and the melody which tends to be us working together as opposed to four different parts you know yeah yeah and Throughout this conversation, we've really mentioned like huge pop culture moments that you guys have interacted with. And you've mentioned Pamela Anderson quite a few times. And I think that moment was kind of a, such a, a strange one for the band, really, because you were involved with one of her TV shows at the time. Then she came and did the music video. And it kind of seemed that you guys had a really great working relationship together. Do you think like that like working with her at, at that time a lot of helped with things because it must be another cool story to look back on she did she helped catapult that song that's for sure i mean it it, it got the video scene worldwide because people you know she's such a an iconic sort of like the Marilyn monroe of our generation you know she on board with us it 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 got a lot more eyes on us you know i'll say that i was i mean it was amazing. before before social media and all that yeah. so i mean i guess it would be the equivalent today of like something going viral you know it was like we had our usual outlets like mtv and and you know places that we could go to but then she when 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 that happened now all of a sudden we're on entertainment tonight and access hollywood and e and all these different because now it was like you said it was a tv world entering the rock world and i mean honestly I, we we definitely benefited that benefited way more than she did you know from that kind of old school to grow up on you know it was actually before our generation but like you know back when elvis was massive and and those artists from back then just to get that that ride where you're incorporated in movies and tv and things like that that's just kind of a bonus that comes along with the success of a song you know or having access to those kind of people so that that was a big change for us and in a cool different world we got to be a part of Yes, yeah, she, she was definitely one of the biggest stars in the world at the time as well. So that could have been a billboard, you know, and it was just timeless. 
Well, guys, as we start to wind down here, really, I mean, obviously, we've mentioned so many insane moments Lit has had over the years, but we really like to talk to our guests about something in particular that's really blown them away where they've just thought, how have we gotten to this point? Is there anyone you've kind of met over the years um, or kind of just experiences you've had that you always go back to or something that you'd want to tell your kids about in the future and then your grandkids and all of that and you just think like that was like the moment for for you personally wow and there's a few of those moments it's so hard obviously one is like the first time we heard our song on the radio and that feeling, you know there's we always refer to that movie that thing you do when when they hear their song on the radio and they lose their minds and they're running around like that's exactly what it felt like for us um, so yeah, to have to be, you know, kids in, in school, high school together, trying, you know, chasing a dream and then to actually have it come to fruition on the, on the radio. And at, at the same time, we're all, you know, together feeling it. It's like, you can't even describe that. You know, it's funny. It's ironic because we have always used that, that example of that thing you do. And now the singer from that band in that movie the wonders, right? The the singer of the band who's the eaters. He's my neighbor. <laughs> he's my neighbor now. <laughs> no way! <laughs> wow. Full circle. That's funny. Uh, yeah, there there were. It, I, I'm kind of glad there isn't one moment like that because there were so many of them that it's like a whole. I mean, it's really could be a book. It could be a writing festival. Uh, a big one. Yeah, I mean, the writing festival. We we had come in from. Uh, I think Google pop or something the night before we were, we were driving in and our label wanted us to film video greetings. We didn't have video like iPhones then, you know, it's like a camera. So we, somebody had to film us, but we were sending holiday greetings back to our staff at the record company in America. So we stayed up till like four in the morning, five in the morning, drinking beers and filming these videos. And then we wake up and I think it was the third day of Reading and we're hungovers. We get out of the bus. It was like ten o'clock in the morning. We've been. We've only had like four hours sleep. We're hungover. We're just. We get out. We walk. It's just like mud and, and then we get up on the stage to sound check, and it's just miles of just trash and debris. It, look, it looked like a war, like a, like a <laughs> war zone. We were like, oh, this is gonna be fucking rough, and um, we had to go on it. I think noon or one or yeah. so. We were the first band of that day. So we go back to the bus and we go find a shower. We get dressed and we get ready and we pour a beer and we're getting, and we go, all right, you're, you're, you're up. And we walked down on stage and there was maybe 60, 70,000 people out in that track. And the, the promoter at the time said that that was the most people we'd ever seen for a, for a slot band, you know, especially on day three, but just it, within an hour, all those people just were there. And it was one of the most epic shows we had played up till then. And still, yeah. right to this day, still like in our top five. Well, and for the first time, to, you know, to be over there and then over here, <laughs> and then and to, and to hear people singing our song so loud with British accents, we're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, yeah, literally, like, like that amazing stories. But um, you mentioned new record, "Tastes Like Gold," come out June seventeenth. But what would you really like people to take away? from this record in particular is there any tracks that you're really excited for people to hear or just anything that you think is a big takeaway from this material i think the main the the song that's going to get the main single if you will is going to be a song called mouth shut 
for right now. We have picked off the plane and yeah, 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 are out now. And I think mouth shut is going to come out in a couple of weeks. And then that'll be the one that hopefully we do a video and you'll hear on the radio and all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, there's 12 songs. We did a cover of the cars. Let's go. We did another show. Um, there's a band called American authors that uh, we did a collab with on it called the life that I got. And that's a, another great one. That's that we're, one. I, you know, there's a lot. Of, it, it, it's if you're a fan of a place in the sun and um, that old school lit, I think you'll be really stoked on this record. I think um, it, it's back to that. So, and it's good, good. I, I feel like it's our best. Well, everybody says that, so I won't say it. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like somebody to come on this podcast one day and go, ah, it's our worst album to date, but give it a listen anyway. <laughs> Check it out anyway. <laughs> it sucks. Don't even waste your time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm very excited to hear it. So, yeah. yeah but with, with all that, guys, obviously, new record, June 17th. You're currently on tour in the UK with Bowling for Soup, but what else can people look forward to? Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Please give all the information. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Man, we have a new, if you go on um, LitBand, LitBand.com, or any of the Lit lip and official socials. We actually have a UK store. Now we have a, 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 a specific online store. So you, you, you know, you won't have to mess with shipping from America and all that. We make it here. We print it here. We ship it here. And um, so there's a link to that UK store. Um, you can also, when you do, when you go there, you can save the pre pre steal the record. Our home video from, yeah, from back in the day called All Access is available on all the streaming stuff for your TV. So if you want to, the story of how it all, how we, you know, the stories we just told, you know, and, and the come up is all documented in pretty cool way, home video style that, you know, cool moments to watch. We'll be back soon. We, it, it's not easy to get over here. And, and this is the third rescheduling of this tour that we're on. This was supposed to happen two other times. And, um, 
we're just happy that it finally did and that things are getting back to normal. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to run into fans that are saying that this is their first show back since all the, you know, since all the shit. And so once again, we get to be like that thing, like as my first show and I, my sh- first show back. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, very, we're just very grateful. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, guys. It's been an honor to meet you. I've really, really enjoyed all these stories and I can't wait to head to one of these shows and see you guys live in the flesh again. Awesome. I cool, appreciate man. you guys. Thanks for uh, talking with us. Yes. Woo! What a lovely, lovely chat with the brothers pop off of the mighty, mighty lit. Unbelievable. Yeah, I absolutely loved every second of that. Just a real nice conversation about everything. They've done so much in their career. It's absolutely insane. Like Not too just much. hanging out with Pamela Anderson, some of the stories about Buddy Eminem and J- like they've had the ultimate rock and roll lifestyle. And it's wonderful to see that they're very humble and, and they appreciate everything about it as well. Yes, I think over time. All of these people who have been in massive bands for years and years, I think over time they um, ease up a little bit because they know that this is their life now, whereas some people in bands um, were just dicks and then their band ended <laughs> and then they had to start a podcast. Like, so, you know, um, it's nice to see that they are cool guys and they were absolutely lovely to us. Just a thank you again to them for having us. We had... A good time chatting to him, like Morgan said. Very funny conversation with, <laughs> with chats about people you'd never expect, but fucking hell. Fair play to Lit. They've been about forever. They somehow look younger than ever. Um, <laughs> don't know what that's about, but yeah, fantastic. Cheers, chaps. Yeah, I got to see him live on this tour as well in Bournemouth, supporting Bournemouth for Soup, and it was just a real, really good time. They've got so many hits, but of course, when My Own Worst Enemy comes on, the place goes absolutely insane. What a live band. I encourage you to go and check them out when they return to the UK in the future. Hopefully, uh, their new album, Tastes Like Gold, is available now. Go and stream it. There's some great collaborations, some great songs, and they will be performing a host of festivals in the US for the rest of the summer. So head over to their website for more details on that. I just want to give a massive shout out to Jamie and Steph for helping us sort this conversation out. But Sean, speaking of absolute pop punk mega hit bangers, I believe you have a very special announcement today. Yes, yes. Um, so after download, when we went to the download festival, um, we were on the dog tooth dog house dog caller stage whatever it was called dog summon <laughs> it had dog at the beginning and then a word that comes after dog then stage right house dog house, house. the dog tooth stage no dog house house of the dog where the dog lives in the house the dog all right so when we were on the dog lead stage right <laughs> at, um download good friends back home from south wales punk rock factory played they absolutely smashed a cover of papa roach last resort to the point where i was like Yes, boys, I'd like to do that in the future for a joke. And what's happened now is they've seriously offered me a tour where I go out on tour and I will be the warm-up DJ, Punk Rock Factory, on their weekend tour that they're doing throughout February and March 2023. 
Ooh. So I'd like to say a thank you very much to the boys for the offer. I'm sure it's going to be a laugh. I heard that they're learning Limp Bizkit songs, especially for <laughs> this. So, you know, I don't want to spoil it. If you thought Punk Rock Factory were brilliant and couldn't get any better, <laughs> you just fucking wait. They about to. They fucking about to, sir. So, yeah, that's February the 17th. Bournemouth, Old Fire Station, February 18th, London, Lafayette, February 24th, Manchester, Gorilla, February 25th, Nottingham, Rock City, March the 2nd, Bristol Fleece, March the 3rd, Birmingham Academy, and I'm reading by you, March the 4th, Glasgow Garage. But if they're expecting me to get from Birmingham to Glasgow after the show, right, and before the show the next day, um, they're very much mistaken. So yes, check out those dates. They're probably available now at punkrockfactory.com or wherever you find your Punk Rock Factory dates. But yeah, very, very excited. Thank you again to them for offering me. It should be a laugh. Maybe we can do one of these on the road, Morgan. Ooh, uh, what, in Glasgow? You're going to take me all the way to Glasgow? We can Bro, do it I'm- in... Oh, I'm not. <laughs> at the moment, I'm not 100% confirmed for Glasgow, and I have 100% confirmed for Glasgow, so um, we'll, see, I like, really, we'll see. I really like the poster as well. They're calling it the Punk Rock Factory Excellent Adventure Tour, which was obviously Bill and Ted references, so uh, I'm sure you're going to have a big a big laugh on this. I wonder if I can change it between now and Friday when the announcement is um, to change it to the Wayne's World, like the party on Excellent Tour. That's the follow-up. That's when you go on tour with them again in the future, surely. Uh, perhaps that's what I call the one where I take them out. <laughs> like anyone's going to want to come and see me play other people's songs and then um, go on before. Yeah, but they're, they're fucking smashing it at the moment. So congratulations to Punk Rock Factory. If you um, want any more information about Punk Rock Factory, go and check out our latest episode from the Download Festival where we chatted to the boys for a, um, 10 minutes. That was real cool. But I'm sure there'll be a full one coming in the future because... I'm super interested in how it all works because I used to think that if you did a cover, you didn't get any of the money from the streaming back. Doesn't seem to be the case. So that blows my fucking mind because they get like 12 bajillion streams a month. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be a really interesting conversation. So go and check out the short chat we had with them in our Download Festival Special 2022. And they've also worked with Jared Reddick of Bowling for Soup, a good friend of ours who recently was on the podcast for episode 174. So a lot of stuff for you to go and check out there. Uh, But before we wrap this wonderful episode up, of course, another reminder uh, that you can get in touch with us for anything. If you've got any questions or whatnot, at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Questions, guest ideas, sentences, statements, uh, Sean, <laughs> fuck off. You know, send us whatever you want. But yes, get in touch with us. Also, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Um, because that literally is the one thing that keeps this podcast going and the people we have that we have cultivated into a community are the absolute best. And last weekend, one of our Patreon people, Keris Andrews, hosted a charity event in Cardiff, um, where she put a bunch of bands on. Sadly, I couldn't make it, but I heard that it went crackingly well almost too well people couldn't get over how well it went so ah, well done Keris um, yeah, yeah. Better, than, better than expected and you absolutely smashed it sorry we couldn't be there maybe next year if you're going to do another one 
Um, maybe we could do a live sapling or something from it. I suggested Ooh, to her. Nice. It's half nice. hour of me and you just talking shit while bands change over, and <laughs> yeah, we're, we're literally the perfect changeover. <laughs> we are. We really are. But yeah, a massive shout out to everyone in the Patreon community. Uh, they support each other and us to no end, and it's so beautiful to see the fact that everyone's kind of gotten together through this podcast and just being best friends if you'd like to join the community that's patreon.com forward slash sapmin there's also loads of extra bonuses from podcasts that are not released the videos photos you get to find out who the guests are before anyone else and it helps us make this podcast each and every week and if you head to the description of this episode there are a load of names there that we do thank but sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our sapmin podcast patreon community Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Janelle Castan, Paul Urshfield, Mitch Perry. Oh, congratulations to Emily and Mitch Perry. They've had one of them um, babies. <laughs> they have. Congratulations. Very, nice very one. massive congratulations. Yes, well done, Mitch and Emily, for making that baby. Oh, there's been a new Perry released. There's been a new Perry dropped. Congratulations to, um, I think they called it Sapping Wiener. Sap, Sapwina, something like that it is. Thank you very much, Jilly Grimwood, Tony Michael, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Kelly Ewan, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Muddy Grimwood, Jenny Robinson, Scott Jones, Kieran Olmey, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Tom Owen, Stuart McNaught, Kayla O'Sullivan, Caroline Robinson, Kate Patak, M. Evans Roberts, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, Jenny Munster, James McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Emily Perry, that's Emily from um, earlier with the baby. Again, congratulations. Jason Redia, John and Emma, Craig Harris, Kalila Keen, Adam Parslow, Ollie from the window to the wall while the sweat drips down my balls, Amesbury. I don't think that's his middle name, but thank you for joining anyway. Josh, what do you call men in the lineup for a haircut? A barbecue? Chris? Oh, fuck. That, wow. Thank you very much, Alice Wood. Gary White, Reese Bowling, Kate Stevenson, Kyle David Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Gary White and Kayla O'Sullivan. If you're listening to this, get in touch with me on the uh, Facebook or whatever. Um, I would like to chat to you both. Um, other than that, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Very much. Sound like they've done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I sound like a teacher, <laughs> don't I? Yeah. Um, yes. After this, Gary and Kayla, I would like to see you in my office, right? Which is my <laughs> Facebook Messenger. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't done anything wrong. I just want to talk to you because you've appeared in our Patreon thing, and we've sent you messages, and we've not heard anything back. So I'd like to personalize the uh, greeting. So um, yes. Thank you very much to all of those people. All of those people's names are in the description as well. This has been another episode, episode 191 of Sapling Podcast. And let me just say that our podcast provider, Acast, when I posted last week for them to share and post about us, because I said we've done 190 episodes in a row, they replied with, we like the consistency. Rather than, oh, we'll share it and help you get fucking bigger and promote <laughs> it. And then we all get fucking yeah. money finally from it. They just yeah. went, oh, well done on making some nonsense for 190 weeks in a fucking row. Cheers, Acast. Big friends. Big friends. Big, Love you very, friend. very much. So please share this as much as you can with your we friends and your please. Instagram stories. Tweet about it. It all helps very, very much. Give us a rate if you listen to this on anything that you can rate it on. 
that helps as well. But a another good rate, fantastic, not a bad rate. Yeah, right? five stars, please. You know, come on, but yeah, you know we deserve it. But please, please share it. Please share it because not even our fucking podcast provider will. So <laughs> <laughs> we need all the. <laughs> but another fantastic episode. Another fantastic week. Enjoyed this very, very much. Thank you for everyone for checking this out. Go and buy tickets to see Sean with Punk Rock Factory on tour in 2023. And uh, until next week, we'll uh, see you online, I guess. I never know the last sentence to say on these, and it's getting worse and worse. So sorry, I've rambled. Yeah, see you online. (laughs) (laughs) I don't fucking know. See you on Pornhub. Don't, Don't search me. Do not search me. Do not. Search. Do you know what? I've never ever searched myself on porn <laughs> Why would you? Anyway, this is going uh, on the off chance some fuckers put it up. That's why. Anyway, it would be a very disappointing video, and <laughs> none of them are over two minutes. I know. Anyway, nice son. Shit is lit. Busted. No cap. Ah, oh, fuck it and kill me. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.